from State Street and the First Midwest Bank Studio. This is WMVP Chicago. ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. You're listening to The Hockey Show. With Pat Boyle and Brian Hanley. This is ESPN 1000. Chicago's home for sports. the hockey show on espn 1000 with brian hanley i am pat boyle coming to you from the first midwest bank studios the nhl season may be paused but the hockey show rolls on brian how you doing this morning i'm doing terrific patrick how are you doing okay bizarre week i think for all of us right uh still bizarre uncertain times with covid19 uh but like wednesday night the united center is packed full house the Hawks are are winning six to two. Yes, the place is going crazy, and everything is changing by the minute with the Rudy Gobert situation and what's going on with the NBA. And as soon as the NBA decides that they're going to halt operations, and that was somewhere around the second period of right. the of the Hawks game against the Sharks, I turned to Jamal Mayers and and Steve. I'm like, this is the last game we're going to be watching for a while, right, guys? And we're kind of because there's no way the United Center was going to go dark for the Bulls, but, but not didn't let the Blackhawks yeah, operate as right? if everything was fine. And as soon as you get a player in any league testing positive, and there will be more, uh, the NHL is asking all team uh, officials and players to isolate for five days, not the 14 that we've been hearing. Usually, it's a two week. If you've been in contact with someone, I guess since they don't, they believe none of them have been in contact in the NHL. They're just going to stay five days and see if anyone's ill. It's, I mean, it's just so fluid. As you said, that starts Wednesday night, and then seemingly every half hour on Thursday, starting in the morning, conference championships being uh, canceled. Uh, the Big East actually played half of the game and called it off. And you know, St. John's, see, see you later. We're done. But that you know now Gary Bettman and all the commissioners, but you know we're we're, we're concerned about hockey, trying to figure out when they can get back up and running. What's it going to look like? What are all the implications? And we'll cover a lot of them here because you think, okay, well, it's going to be two weeks, a month, whatever it's going to be. Every week pushes back not only this rest of the regular season, whatever that looks like, but then their off season. Yeah, their draft, you know, uh, the the free agency time period, and then does it bleed into next season? Can they just you know take three weeks off and go back to camp like nothing happened and get back on schedule? They have to have so many different models set up for however long this pause is going to take place, and we'll go through some of those scenarios uh, as well. Let's let's start though with the commissioner Gary Bettman. Uh, he spoke yesterday about the process leading up to making the decision to pause the season. As we were. Uh, dealing with the events as they were unfolding over the last couple of weeks, we were focused on every contingency, whether or not we might have to cancel the season at some point, whether or not we might have to take a pause, uh, how we would continue to play as long as we could, whether or not there would be fans in some of the buildings or all of the buildings. And I had Wednesday afternoon pretty much focused on the fact that if we could complete uh, the regular season and get ready for the playoffs, maybe we should be doing that with all of our buildings empty as it relates to fans. Uh, and that's where I was going into Wednesday evening. However, 
every scenario I ever discussed with anyone internally or, or with, with the clubs, particularly the owners, had the caveat that if a player tests positive, mm-hmm. we were going to have to stop playing. Uh, when, when the Utah Jazz player tested positive and the players couldn't play the game and the fans in, in Oklahoma City had to be sent home already having been at the game, uh, it occurred to me quite vividly that it was highly unlikely that we were going to get through the rest of our season without a player testing positive, and I wanted to then get ahead of a scene like the NBA had on Wednesday night and simply stop things and pause so that we could wait to see how the pandemic plays out. Um, And so I then decided to send a notice out to the Board of Governors asking for a conference call on Thursday, which we did midday, uh, so that I could advise the owners as to how I thought we should proceed uh, and then move forward from there. Uh, I just decided, in light of the fact that this pandemic seems to be infecting more and more people, and the more people you interact with, the more likely it is you're going to come in contact with it, and the fact that two of our teams occupied locker rooms within 24 hours in the last week of the time the Utah Jazz did, again, the likelihood that we were going to have a player test positive was only going to increase the longer we played. And so that was how the decision was made. So, so far, no NHL player has tested positive, uh, no NHL personnel connected to a team as of yet. But, Brian, it's clear this was a very fluid situation that Gary Bettman was dealing with. Wednesday, he was considering continuing the regular season in empty arenas. Mm -hmm. And by Wednesday night, when the Gobert story breaks, he realized that he needed to get out in front of it. And as soon as... Adam Silver decided to halt operations that it was in the best interest for the NHL to follow suit. Yeah, and and you don't even think about that, that yes, the NHL and NBA teams do, the road teams share, like the United Center, the Bulls have their own uh, locker room and the Blackhawks have their own locker room, but normally the visiting team shares the visiting locker room. So if a hockey team's in town to play that night, they're in the same room that the, the NBA team was in the night previous or two days previous. So there are so many different things you have to take into account and the idea that it takes maybe two weeks for some, you know, some some players will have it and have no symptoms at all, and maybe not even take a test. Right? Uh, others will get symptoms and will be tested, and then they'll find out whether it's uh, COVID or not. So, but as they move forward here, how does the playoff race play out? Assuming they're going to get back to playing, and we assume they will at some point. And what does that look like for teams trying to still sneak in as a wild card team? Um, can you just go ahead and play your full, make up all your regular season games? There's so many things to consider here. And you're up against not only the calendar, you're up to this point, Pat, you're up against uh, governments because right now it's all patchwork. It's states and it's cities making regulations and laws that, okay, no more than 1,000 people, so that rules out any professional sport for the most part. But say four weeks from now, some cities, Chicago or Illinois, Governor Pritzker says, you know, we're, we're good. You can go back playing games, but maybe New York and L.A., they, they're not on board with that. How do you do that? If half your league is good to go and the other half are playing in uh, municipalities or places where they still have regulations that basically 
uh, do not allow spectators back in the building. That's a great point. Um, so what are the different scenarios that, you know, the league is contemplating? If, if, if postponement is one month or less, you would think that the NHL could get a portion of the regular season in or maybe all of the regular season. The Hawks had 12 games to go. And then they would start the Stanley Cup playoffs at the end of April or May 1st. Now, that's not unprecedented. Back in 2013, when the Hawks won the Cup, that was the lockout-shortened season where they started January 1st. And the Stanley Cup playoffs began, I think, April 28th or 29th. So they've done that before. The, the, The Hawks hoisted the Cup, I think it was June 24th, something like that. So they could... Theoretically, if, if this postponement is one month or less, they could go to that model. But if it goes six to eight weeks, now you're you're trying to figure out, okay, we, we can't play the final 12 regular season games or what everybody has left. Do you just start with a an expanded playoff format? There's some people out there that have suggested they'll have the seventh place through tenth place teams play a best of three to decide who are the last two, the seventh and the eighth seed. And then that would scrap the regular season for the Blackhawks because right. they're 12th in the standings. And, and you, we were talking about this before the show. I mean, think about just financially, the Blackhawks have, what, nine home games left? Yeah. You know, they spent February on the road, basically. Right. Only three home games in February. Right. It's, it's been the most bizarre schedule. Right. Remember, they had, they had eight in a row after they played in Prague to start the season. And then uh, they had the the heavy February road schedule, which meant for a heavy home schedule in March. And then this happens. And we were talking upstairs. We don't know the exact numbers, but it's somewhere probably around a million and a half to two million dollars a night that the Blackhawks make every every sure. home game. Assuming a capacity crowd, which right. is which it's what, what they get. Right. And, and so not only that. The implications for next season, if you wipe out the balance, the, the, the 12 to 14 games of the regular season, how does that impact the salary cap for next year? If that goes down appreciably and the Hawks are already up against it like they usually are, how does that impact what they can do in whatever offseason, whether it's a two-month offseason or three-week offseason, moving forward, what flexibility do they have or don't have? So not only they might get hit in real money in terms of the box office and concessions, but also in the money to have uh, with which to operate next year. So many things to consider from from all fronts, from the the team, uh, the league, uh, you know. And then, how are you, the listener, affected by this? Do you you work at the United Center? Are you part of the game day operations? How are you going to make ends meet? Were you at the game on Wednesday night? If you were. Part of the the twenty one thousand plus. Give us a call three one two three three two three seven seven six, or you can get a hold of us on Twitter at ESPN Hockey Show. You can follow Brian Brian Hanley five three four. I'm at Boyle NBCS. Curious if uh, if you were at the game Wednesday night, were you following the Rudy Gobert situation in real time? Did you have a feeling? That that game that you were watching was going to be the last Blackhawks game you were going to be witnessing for a while. 312-332-3776. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. This is ESPN 1000, the Hockey Show. Stream ESPN 1000.
easily on the all-new ESPN Chicago app. We've been told to wash our hands, don't touch our face, and drink a lot of water. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, um, that would be enough. But obviously, you know, you look at the NBA, there's some pretty highly conditioned athletes as well, and it trickled into that league. So um, I guess you never know what can happen. That was Patrick Kane on Wednesday night, moments after the Hawks took care of the San Jose Sharks 6-2. Kane had two goals in that game, up to 33 on the season. It's the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle coming to you from the first Midwest Bank Studios. We come to you every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. So it was it was a bizarre situation uh, to, to see Duncan Keith and, and Patrick Kane in real time. Because like they're literally finding out about the NBA cancellation as they're, as they're walking right. into the press room. Because they're, you know, yeah. they weren't locked in. They're playing a hockey game. They, they don't know exactly what's going They're not on Twitter. To see that the Rudy Gobert situation, all that. So they're kind of processing this. They don't know if they're going to be playing in front of no fans the, the, the following game, whether the league indeed was going to be shut down. And then it had to be different for the fans. Let's go to the phone lines. Uh, Brian in Lake Forest, uh, he was at the United Center on Wednesday night. Brian, welcome to the hockey show. Hey there. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Good. How was, uh, what was the scene like for you on Wednesday night? Uh, you know, we're actually Sharks fans, oh. and uh, my wife and I, and we go uh, to all the games that come here. And uh, we'd already known that uh, there was a good possibility we might be the last fans to see them play in person. They were the first team that announced that they were going to be playing to an empty stadium. But like you said, around the second period, uh, my wife was on her phone, and she goes, oh, wow, Tom Hanks has a corona now. Then the Rudy Gobert thing started coming in, and uh, it got real quiet. And eventually she goes, we might have just seen the last game of the season. Well, you certainly saw the last one for the foreseeable future. Thanks for the phone call. Well, they only go when the Sharks show up. That's, That's true. That's and, but, you know, for the those who are season ticket holders, I appreciate the call, Brian, that when I had season tickets for the Cubs and back in the day and you know, you always say goodbye to the people who sat around you, right? Normally, it's the same people, season in, season out, and and they become you know extended family or friends, right? And if did you know leaving the United Center, that was the last time you were seeing your buds who you share all the games with. Uh, Gary Bettman was asked yesterday, so so what's next for the NHL? And here's what the commissioner had to say: figuring out every possible scenario, every contingency. What's the latest we could actually play? How far into the summer can we go? When can we hold the draft? If we can't hold the draft, do we do a conference call? You know, do we move the award show? I mean, there's no shortage of things for us to be considering, which we're doing and analyzing, but they're all contingencies because we don't know when and we don't know the circumstances. So what we're doing, and I have an internal task force that's meeting a couple of times a day that's surfacing these issues so we can focus on them and figuring out what our alternatives might be. So many things that uh, Gary Bettman and the NHL are contemplating. They've uh, asked all the uh, teams to keep their arenas and buildings available through the end of July. Correct. Um, which sounds great and, and, and probably much more feasible now because so many concerts, these are multi-use buildings, right? Right. So many concerts and concert tours have been canceled or postponed because of this. 
and those things take months in advance to plan, and, and so they, they're canceling months at a time, not weeks. They're not sitting here saying, well, maybe we'll be in New York in two weeks. But that being said, even the condition of the ice, uh, unfortunately, well, there is a scenario where the Blackhawks make the playoffs, right? Well, so there was a report that came out. Now, there's a lot of people that are throwing different models out there, depending on how long this pause lasts in the NHL. One thing, I like this model. Well, yeah, I think Blackhawks fans any would like it too. Playoff hockey is good hockey. Basically, they had uh, they had twelve teams from each conference getting in, mm-hmm. with the top four teams getting by. Okay, so the twelfth seed right now in the Western Conference is your. Is your Chicago Blackhawks? How would you feel about that if you snuck in? Yeah, you know, would you feel like that was an asterisk season because you got in because of COVID nineteen? Well, here's the other thing, Brian, and it actually goes for both teams at the United Center. If both teams end up going down the road that we that we assume here that they don't make the playoffs. And, there was, and the Hawks had about a 3% probability, right. there, unfortunately, Wednesday. There's talk about, okay, so you know, how do you get back to that championship form? We had John McDonough sure. on our first show, and he said it's not just about making the playoffs. It's about getting back to championship Greatness, form. Yeah. Greatness. Well, does the chaos of, of the COVID-19 and how all of this played out towards the end of the season, does that take the eyes of the franchise off of uh, – fixing what is wrong or their big picture shouldn't, plans. Shouldn't. I mean, look, Stan Bowman should know uh, intimately all the things he needs to do in the offseason, whether this this one scenario played out and they actually got in the playoffs. But just think of the experience you would get for some of these young guys who haven't seen playoff hockey yet. It's true. I mean, it, it doesn't necessarily change the, the likelihood of the Hawks not holding a, hoisting a cup. I mean, they'd be a playoff team and, you know, God bless them, hopefully they'd win some games and or series. But You'd have to be look at this realistically and saying they're not, they're not, that doesn't, you know, sure you could get lucky and Crow could carry the team. It's not likely to happen. But if you got a lot of these young kids playoff hockey experience, it would be worthwhile at the least. Let's go back to the phone lines. Paul joins us now from the loop on the hockey show. Good morning, Paul. Hey, good morning, guys. Great show. Thank you. We will all be better for this. It's six weeks, eight weeks, whatever it is. It's always good to shake up human nature a little bit and to refocus. We're strong. We're Americans. We will be better for this. I don't disagree. I don't disagree with that thought. Secondly, this you you asked for what's the silver lining. This is going to be the best St. Patty's Day ever for me. (laughs) I'm not Irish, so my friends have to remind me what day is St. Patty's Day, or my building starts letting us know of the havoc that's about to happen. I don't have to navigate my my way through vomit for the next seven or eight hours on State Street and Dearborn and Clark. It's going to be the best St. Patty's Day ever oh, for me. Guys. All right, Paul. He's not a St. Patty's Day guy. Thanks for joining yeah. us. Uh, actually, not- I, I I did see some uh, some brave St. Patrick's Day folks out as I made my way uh, to the ESPN 1000 studios today. They were out in full force a little before 8 a.m. They I were- don't believe that. That was the woman's original hair. No, that was not. Okay. Uh, I like the color that she had, though. She was yeah. sporting the green She had, like, the, hair. the Cookie the Clown green wig on, right? Exactly. Yeah. So, Dated TV reference. What uh, Do you have a, a gut feeling of how both these leagues are going to play things out? I mean, do you think... Because Governor Pritzker said yesterday that it was his assurance that he got from local teams that they would not play games in front of crowds bigger than 1,000 until May 1st. Right. 
Uh, so, and he had gotten assurance from from the local teams on that front. Would do you do you have a feeling that when play resumes in the NHL for X number of games, it, they will be empty buildings and only on television? I, I you know I, I wish I knew that to give you a certain answer, but uh, I go back to when does everyone get that green light to do anything? Right? Uh, as Gary Batman said in the cut, when one of the cuts we played, one of the NHL players is going to come up. It, positive for COVID-19. Right. At least one, right? You, you would think. Yeah. So then what do you do? I mean, um, you're, you're quarantining or you're asking uh, people to isolate for five days. And then I guess if some have symptoms, then you go ahead and test and, and go from there. But I mean, right now, as, as much as the owners would love to have their regular season games, uh, I, I can't imagine that they're going to get that in. I really can't. So if this goes three or four weeks, do they need another mini training camp? I, I mean, mean, as much as the facility is open and, and players well, can so stick they're not around. Al- they're not allowed to use the facility. So the NHL players, they're they're not allowed to go uh, to the facility. They're not allowed to work out there. They're not allowed, for right now, not allowed to skate. Uh, they're being told by the league that they don't want them to go to big gyms right. in, in whatever city so they're in. So that's part of the isolation for five days. Part of the isolation. But I do know like some of the players uh, that deal with a, uh, a trainer in town, he's got a small studio. Some of them were there yesterday and the day before working out. So let's, I would assume, Brian, it's going to take minimum four days, three, four days. To get back, to get, get everyone back yeah. in, get them on the same page, go through some practices, whatever. And if you're in the playoffs now and, and know you're going to be in the playoffs, you know, maybe you're going to have more motivation to really stay in shape. But if you're a team that's clearly out of the playoff picture, you know, maybe, you know, you, you'll go ahead and do whatever the league tells you to do, but we'll be, be in the best possible shape when this resumes if it does. And just the way that the NBA was the first domino to fall and then everything fell into place, because here's the thing, if Rudy Gobert doesn't test positive and that doesn't happen on Wednesday night, no way do all those conference tournaments games get canceled no. Thursday morning. Nope. No way does the NHL stop playing by midday on Thursday. I mean, that was the linchpin here, and everything fell into place. Because once it's a professional player, and Gary Bettman said, no matter what league it was going to be, once a player tested positive, he was going to do what he did and, and shut down the season. Because it's, with college kids, it's even different. I mean, they're, they're not pros, right? If, right. You, if you were the conference commissioner who said, go ahead and play, and then all of a sudden two or three kids on a team came down with it, how would you feel, right? I yeah. mean, they're doing this for the TV money to the universities and NCAA. They're not ostensibly getting anything in return other than the joy of, of, of competing and trying to win an NCAA tournament. But you, the last thing you want to do is get college kids sick. Right? right. And if all the major leagues got together and they made the decision last weekend to you know, close their locker rooms to the media, they made that as a joint decision. And then the way this kind of all fell into place after the NBA was the first to shut down operation, don't you think they have to start up all being on the same page? Like, the NBA isn't going to start playing a week or two ahead of the NHL. They're well, almost going to have to be in unison, well, don't you I think? Well, I mean, Adam Silver said that they could play their playoff games in August, and you could because it's basketball, right? I mean, right. I guess the, 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 now you have to think about Tokyo Olympics and everything, but... If you're talking about the NHL here, and that's what we're doing, two to three months, say worst-case scenario, you're shut down for minimum two months. Well, now you're not getting those regular season games made up. And now what does the playoff format look like? As you said, it takes about two months to go through a full NHL postseason. 
So if if you're going to miss, if you're into mid-May, late May, can you go through the end of July like the, he, he asked them to keep their arenas available? And how does that change everything in terms of next season? Yeah, He said, you know, they're going to get a full season in next year. Can they start on time, and will they be playing into July next year because of this? Coming up, we'll get Charlie Romeliotis' thoughts on what transpired Wednesday, what's next for the NHL and the Blackhawks in particular, when the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 continues. Chicago's home for sports. Now, by your side, through your smart speaker. Just tell it to play ESPN 1000. This is Chicago's home for sports. ESPN 1000. The Hockey Show on ESPN 1000 with Brian Hanley. I am Pat Boyle. You can follow the show at ESPN Hockey Show. Give us a call at 312-332-3776. Joining us now on the Corona Hotline, he is the Blackhawks insider from NBC Sports Chicago. He is Charlie Romeliotis. How are you doing this morning, Charlie? Good morning, gentlemen. I thought we would be breaking down a Blackhawks game tonight. I thought so, too. Uh, Just take us back to Wednesday night. You're in the press box at the United Center. You're watching uh, the Hawks pour it on with six goals. And while that is taking place and a a United Center crowd is in in full throat and uh, they're packed to the rafters, this is playing out on social media in the NBA. Uh, What was that, that whole scene like for you? Yeah, that was a very strange game to cover. And even leading up to the game, there were rumblings that this could be the final game without fans in attendance because the San Jose Sharks, who were their opponent that night, um, it, it trickled out that they were going to play without fans for the remainder of their home games. So you figured the NHL was headed in that direction. And then, so, you know, the game is happening. First period goes by, great. Second period is kind of when things um, you're you're following it in real time where um, the NBA ha- has a situation with Rudy Gobert and then the guys are pulled off the court, the games get canceled, and um, Rudy Gobert gets sent to the hospital. And this is all happening while the game is going on. The Hawks are scored, scored three second-period goals. And at one point I was wondering, I'm like, this game might not even matter in the grand scheme of things. Like, And I think at the beginning of the game I tweeted out, this might be the final game at the United Center without fans, but – Needless to say, this might be the, the last game, depending on how things unfold here. So it was a very bizarre situation all around. Charlie, uh, you know, we don't know how long this is going to last, but it's not going to be a couple of days. It's hopefully a couple of weeks, but it could be a couple of months. Of these proposed playoff scenarios um, that are being talked about, what, what do you think is realistic, and how does that impact the league in, in the long run? I mean, the one scenario says they just take the, the top four teams from each conference and I mean, really have a trunk, uh, truncated playoff. Is that, is that even feasible? Yeah, I have a hard time believing that the regular season is going to be completed in full. Like it, it would have to be some sort of shortened regular season where you play 76 games, get all the teams up to that point, and then take the best, um, you know, whether you want to take the top eight. Uh, when you're in the moment, you you're doing it. Oops. You're not. You're... <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so if if you take the top eight teams at that point, then, um, you know, I'm not sure, but it, it would it would kind of be a little bit unfair to teams that are kind of outside the bubble, where you look at the how the, the parity in both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference, the eight, nine, ten, eleven, like it goes that far uh, as far as 
teams that are in the hunt. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. I, I, I have a hard time believing that it's not going to look or it's going to look the same as it has in the past, uh, what that it's going to look like. It, it's really going to depend on when the NHL does decide to return the action. And, and I don't think anyone at this point knows. If it goes a while and, you know, they they look at the different models that they have set up and they decide that, you know, the regular season either needs to be wiped away completely or they only play a handful of games to get to a certain uh, number of games played by each team, do you see them expanding the playoffs to benefit the Blackhawks and the 12 seed? I mean, I understand different scenarios where maybe the 7 through 10 seed play a playing game to decide or a best of three to decide who get the, gets the final two wildcard spots. Do you believe any scenario where it would expand big enough to benefit the Hawks? I don't believe so, uh, but it was pointed out in an article Elliot Friedman wrote the other day. Is uh, you know if they do decide to go that seven versus ten and eight versus nine that you guys were talking about, I believe the eleventh seed in both the Eastern Conference and Western Conference is Montreal and Chicago, and those are two really big revenue generating cities. So the fact that it has been pointed out around the league that if they do want to save some sort of, um, you know, because obviously they're losing a lot of money right now, even if you do return to, to resume action, it's likely that it's going to be without fans. Like, obviously, Illinois governor signed off on um, games through May 1st that, that teams will be playing without fans. So they're losing a lot of revenue. But um, I have a hard time believing that the Blackhawks are, are going to be uh, any part of this, whatever this playoff format looks like. Yeah, and we were talking about they're going to lose nine games of home revenue if even if they play them without fans. As you said there, there goes all the the money that comes with the home games. Boy, you can make up uh, at least if you included them in the uh, playoffs, uh, you would you know you at least generate playoff revenue from TV and everything else. If uh, in some ways to make amends for a Hawks team that has so many home games in the regular season left. Yeah, and it's unfortunate, too, because just last week we got word that the salary cap like the, was probably going to be in the range of 84 to $88 million. And if, if it was on the higher end of $88 million, that would have been a, a $7 million increase. And now it seems like there's concern around the league that that might stay stagnant or even go down, potentially, depending on Revenue. Um, you know, possibly the worst-case scenario. Of you have to trim the regular season and there aren't as many playoff games. And what if fans can't attend those playoff games? So there's a lot of balls up in the air right now. Charlie Romeliota is the Blackhawks insider for Embassy Sports Chicago. Joins us on the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Charlie, with uh, the NCAA uh, canceling all their tournaments, that means... Uh, Blackhawks prospect Ian Mitchell and Evan Barrett would be available to join the team uh, when the NHL resumes its regular season, assuming they, they, that they do. What, what do you think the team is, is contemplating as far as bringing Ian Mitchell and Barrett into the fold? Yeah, so I believe there's a conference call today with the GM and or the, all the GMs across the league kind of figuring out what they're allowed to do, and especially with these college-type draft picks and and what their eligibility might look like and also the undrafted free agents. But more so on Ian Mitchell and Evan Barrett, those are the two guys that the Blackhawks are obviously keying in on, particularly Ian Mitchell. Like, obviously, there was 
concern, I guess, among the Chicago fan base, whether he would return after his junior season, because there was a, the Blackhawks really wanted him to sign after his sophomore year, and Stan Bowman has been on record saying that. Um, and, and I fully expect Ian Mitchell to sign. Uh, when that's going to happen, though, is unclear. I'm sure there's, um, I'm sure they're sorting a lot of that out because you know just the other day is when they really found out that their winter sports are going to be canceled, and and Denver had a had a legit shot at making making a Frozen Four run. So um, I, I expect maybe that that those are conversations that are going to happen over the next coming weeks. And after this five days of of isolation that Gary Bettman recommended to all teams. Will they reopen the facility so the guys who remained in town can train if they want to? Yeah, so right now they're, they're being isolated. The, the NHL PA and NHL sent out a memo to players yesterday saying they have to, they, they're required to stay in their homes, really, is what the, the memo said. And, and I know some players, Pat, like you mentioned, were, were training yesterday, and, um, but they're not even allowed to leave their um, or at least they're recommended to, to stay in their homes. And if they want to work out, work out at their at-home gyms. Um, and they're hoping to revisit this in a week or, or, or 10 days where maybe they can open up these practice facilities, guys can skate on their own and um, start maybe preparing for a mini-type training camp. But, but right now, guys are, 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 have been isolated inside their homes, according to the NHL and NHLPA. We saw Mark Cuban, and we've seen various NBA players. We saw Sergei Bobrovsky yesterday say he was going to donate some money uh, to the folks in Florida who work uh, every game for, for the Florida Panthers. Have you heard anything uh, from either the Blackhawks side of things or even mentioned uh, via the Bulls about how personnel who work game days at the United Center might be compensated during uh, this pause? Yeah, I, I believe they're they're still formulating a plan on that, and I would be surprised if they didn't do some uh, sort of gesture. And I, I applaud Mark Cuban for getting being the first one and doing it immediately in a press conference setting where he's making it known to everyone. And I feel like it really was a chain reaction of events where guy you saw obviously players uh, uh, Sergei Bobrovsky and a lot of other NHL and NBA teams are doing the same. So I would be surprised if the Blackhawks didn't because they obviously are one of the teams that have, um, you know, those two NBA arenas where with Black, the, the Blackhawks and Bulls. And obviously concerts get, get canceled too at the United Center. So that's a lot of money that, that's lost and, and people that were counting on that paycheck. So we'll see, what, we'll see what happens in the coming days. And the players, you know, the NBA has already pointed out they have a clause in their contract, you know, doomsday clause, where they, can only, they, they only have to pay their players a percentage. I assume Gary Bettman, having come from the NBA back in the day, uh, and having good lawyers, that the NHL players may be losing some money here too. Well, they they were informed yesterday that they're going to get their final three paychecks, and they they were paid yesterday. was was one of the three, and then in two weeks after that, and the two weeks after that, what really is the concern here is the escrow part. And I know it's kind of a uh, a gray area to to fans, but that's uh, going to be determined by league revenue whether they want to increase it and how much they want to increase it. Uh, or not. So uh, I talked earlier about the salary cap and how things get affected. It's really going to also come down to what the players do and how they trigger that escrow. Great stuff, Charlie. You can follow Charlie at C. Romeliotis. Uh, you can catch all his work, NBCSportsChicago.com. He is a part of the Blackhawks Talk podcast. He is all over the Hawks. Charlie, thank you very much for joining us, and we'll talk to you down the road, bud. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Thanks, Charlie. It.
So, you know, they yeah, the, the, he brings up the point that they definitely will get their final but they split paychecks. they split 50-50 with the players association all revenue. So, if you wipe out 14 regular season home games that it impacts the salary cap and moving forward it impacts how much the the players as a group get uh, for the end of the season so how do you see this playing out for the blackhawks and the nhl we'll go back to the phone lines on the other side this is the hockey show on espn 1000 you're listening, listening to the hockey show show blackhawks fans you have a new home to talk hockey Call us or tweet your comments to at ESPN 1000, The Hockey Show. This is ESPN 1000, Chicago's home for sports. Ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen. Back on The Hockey Show with Brian Hanley. I'm Pat Boyle on ESPN 1000. So, you know, this week... uh, uh, sports played a uh, an important role in kind of adjusting society's look or or taking this COVID nineteen virus seriously. Don't you think? Like, yeah, it, I mean, wherever you fall on this, and I believe me, I have I have friends who believe the whole thing is is no more than an overblown flu, and and social media is promulgating uh, panic and everything else. And other people are are very concerned about it. So wherever you are on the spectrum of whether you're taking it seriously or not. To your point, Pat, sports, I mean, one, we, we realize how much we miss them when we don't have them, especially True. when they all go out like this. And two, it, it did focus everyone's attention and got everyone in private industry, got maybe government people to start saying we have to do something and substantial and do it now. And whether you agree with it or not, it once the NBA and, and, and Rudy Gobert happened, Everything happened really quickly, which a lot of times isn't the best way to handle things because you're making decisions you might have put a lot of thought into, but you're making them in very small time frame, and, and you're just going with your gut at that point, right, of what you should do. Yeah, and then on the flip side, sports may also show us or lead the way of uh, when things are back on track and, mm-hmm. and, and back to normalcy or, or or whatever it's like as we move on from this. You think back to 9-11 and... It's like when the games resumed, you know, patriotism was is at an all-time high. And it was when the president stepped to the mound, throws the right. first pitch at Yankee right. Stadium. Like, we're back. Don't mess with us. You know, it was a statement. I think when games are played in front of fans, whatever that is, it is going to signal to society, to we're, all we, of us. Yeah, that, we're back to, you know, go back to doing what you did and live your life. Right. So for right now, we're following the lead of of these of these leagues and teams and, and college basketball, NCAA as a whole. And uh, it is interesting, you know. Charlie said that the Blackhawks are formulating a a plan and a way to compensate the the arena workers, all the people who depend upon all those events, whether it's Hawks games, Bulls games, concerts, whatever. And a lot of teams have already come out because the players started saying, you know, here's 100000 here's a percentage of my salary to, to pay them. And the teams are using some of their foundation money, you know, to help out because it's charity. You got to charity begins at home. I saw, I think, uh, Ted Leonsis, who owns the capital, said, not only are we going to pay you for the games you missed, the shifts you missed, if those games should get made up, made up, we'll pay you for that too. So you basically, but the Calgary Flames sent out a notice to their employees. Yeah, not happening up here. I don't know. You know no loonies <laughs> or toonies out. for you. Yeah, you're. I mean, you would think at some point 
teams would be shamed into doing something if the majority, the Illich Foundation in, in Detroit, you know, let everyone know that they'll commit millions of dollars or whatever it's going to be to make sure everyone's made whole. But, you know, that's again where you, not only in sports and, and any small businesses, shift workers, hourly workers, you know, they depend upon and they don't know moving forward. If no one's going to restaurants and bars, you know, will they have full shifts to go to or any shifts? To yeah, go to? and part part of Cuban's uh, solution to this had a um, a volunteer component to it, where he wanted those game day personnel people to actually uh, go out and volunteer, sure. and then he would pay, you know, whatever they're missing, what you know, particular game or something like that. So I would expect the Bulls and the Blackhawks to have some sort of. Uh, a joint decision on this, but again, uh, we'll wait and see here in the coming days. Let's go to Jose on the south side. He joins us now on the hockey show on ESPN 1000. Good morning, Jose. Hey, guys. How are you doing? Great show. Thank you. First time caller, long time listener. I was just telling your producer, I was actually at the game on, what was it, Wednesday when they played yep. San Jose? Mm-hmm. Um, and when the Rudy Gobert news broke out that he had tested positive, the ambience in the stadium change people started going crazy on their phone and literally after the second intermission people started leaving the game mm. like i was telling your producer i was there with my 10 year old nephew had a glass seat for the first time so i wasn't gonna miss out on that opportunity to That's take awesome. him but of course every time we got up to the bathroom to go get a beer or whatever it was constantly wash your hands wash your hands wash your hands wash your hands it, it was just crazy yeah to say that we were at the last possibly fan gathering in Chicago. It's crazy. Hey, how did you like those glass seats, Jose? That's a, it's a different experience from that close, isn't it? Oh, my God. I mean, come on. They scored six goals, two by Patrick Kane, and we were literally by the glass. It was an amazing experience. It just sucks that, you know, this whole coronavirus situation kind of ruined the whole sports world. But I had fun. I enjoyed it. We, we, we won, but... Now we don't know if the season's going to continue on, but other than that, I, I had a great time, but, you know. Thanks for checking right, in. Jose, thanks for checking it. in. Appreciate well, it. That's it. You know, we played the cut with Patrick Kane saying the same things that we're all being told. Just wash your hands, wash your hands, wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Don't touch your face. No more stinky glove. I mean, no more. That's true. No more. That's true. <laughs> is, that, is that now going to be a major? Uh, you know, that, I mean, that's right. You're, you're probably going to get a game of conduct for, you for can't the stinky be, glove. You, you can't, can't be doing unless that. Unless you Purell it. Yeah. We're going to have NHL officials are going to have uh, wipes in their hands before yeah. fights. Here you go. go. Yeah. Before you guys drop, drop the gloves. Hey, you know, drop the gloves. Here's some Purell. Please, Purell. <laughs> now, now commence. Now fight. Come out of your corners yeah. on no. three. Yeah. What do you got coming up with uh, Jeff Meller? Well, the NFL season, off season goes on. We have the CBA being voted on uh, tonight. Uh, the deadline for that. We have free agency uh, upcoming this week. We're going to have... Uh, Teams can start talking to potential free agents and then start moving along and, and getting those deals done. So teams are tagging uh, players. So we'll have a lot of that talk today and figure out uh, what are the Bears' priorities uh, moving forward here in the next week or two and uh, how are they going to reshape this thing. <laughs> and, you know, different lists still have the quarterback position as the most important that needs to be addressed, and yet 
up at House Hall, maybe they don't agree with that list. So That's true. Uh, and we'll get your thoughts on uh, Danny Trevathan, because I thought that was a bit yeah. of a surprise. We all thought he too. was moving yeah. on. Uh, our thanks to our producer extraordinaire, Eric Ostrowski, who uh, mans the phones, uh, works the dials. He does it all. And uh, Charlie Romeliotis from NBC Sports Chicago for joining us hey, this Eric, week. Hey, uh, Eric, talk to North. He's got a double saw buck for you. <laughs> I'm going to go take a, a Clorox bath. And uh, I'll, I'll, maybe I'll be back next week. Uh, we'll I'll see. actually be back with Cap on Monday morning. There you go. That'll do it for this edition of the Hockey Show on ESPN 1000. Have a great day, everyone.